Welcome to the podcast, From Crisis to Connection. I'm Jeff Stewart, licensed marriage and family therapist, and I'll be bringing the professional perspective. I'm Jody Stewart, unlicensed wife, mother, daughter, sister, friend, and neighbor, and I'll be bringing the regular everyday perspective. We are all about relationship recovery, and we'll tackle tough topics like infidelity, abuse, addiction, pornography, and betrayal trauma. We also focus on helping you build stronger connections in your most important relationships. So thanks for joining us. We're glad you're here. Welcome back to the podcast, everyone. Yeah, welcome back. It's always great to be with you every single week. Sure is. Before we dive in, we want to tell you about a free course called The First Steps to Rebuilding Trust. If you have been betrayed in your relationship or if you're the person that caused a betrayal, you're going to need some guidance, especially in these early stages of the recovery process. And we've got a free course that you can download immediately that will help give you some foundational principles and steps to start navigating your way through the trust building process. You can go to the show notes and click on the link there and we'll send you the course right away. All right. This uh, Today's episode actually comes from a question yeah. from someone I was talking to recently. You want Tell me to set it up? It, yeah. yeah. So the question was around anger. Mm-hmm. And this came from a woman who's uh, working to working through the process of betrayal trauma. She's received a disclosure and, and all the anger is coming up and she's just starting to really get in touch with the scope of the problem and how, how big and challenging this has been. And admittedly, she says that that anger has been something in her world that she's always felt like it was important to suppress mm-hmm. or minimize, ignore. She felt like it was ungodly Mm-hmm. That she yeah. just felt like to be a good person, a good woman, yeah. that she needed to to get rid of it. So she asked me this question. I mean, I thought this is a great one. I bet you're not the only one that's ever wondered this. She said, "Is anger necessary for me to recover?" Mm. So it's coming up. Yeah. And now she's wondering, so, like, do I just have to be part of? The do process. I do the same thing I've always done with it, and just can I just mm. put it over here? Sure. Or do I need to do something with it in order for me to heal? Mm-hmm. That's such a good question. It is a great question. And it depends. Mm-hmm. Oh, okay. Well, I'd love it, to hear. it depends on the meaning of what's going on, like what it means to her. Because anger as an emotion tells us something mm-hmm. about how we're experiencing something. Right. And so we're, we're just automatically applying our own meaning to the this, this circumstance that we're dealing with. And, and if something feels to us like it's unfair, if there's like a, a perceived injustice, then we won't be able to stop anger. Right. And so, you know, I mean, she could certainly continue to try to suppress it. But the, the problem is with, with most emotions is they don't disappear. We can't just shove them to the side and then they, and then they go right. away. It doesn't work like that. Right. But we can get to more of that later. Maybe let's just stay yeah, on but, the, but the anger, idea. Yeah, but anger as a reaction to a perceived injustice, I think that that, that is one of the functions of anger. Yeah. Right. That's it's one protective. of protective. Uh-huh. Right. And in the case, you know, of, of someone who's been betrayed where there was a need for a full disclosure, a full mm-hmm. therapeutic disclosure, mm-hmm. where, you know, lots of information is coming out, lots of secrets are being revealed, lots of patterns and lines being crossed, yeah, injustices con- left and right. Oh my gosh. Yeah. Anger would, it would be weird not to feel angry. I think. Yeah. I think it would be unnatural. Yeah. To not feel yeah, some to anger. to be in that position and not think that what's happening isn't fair, isn't just. Because I think what's the alternative to anger? Like to 
if anger wasn't the the emotion coming up, what other ones would there be? You know, it, w- it wouldn't be joy. It wouldn't be. I mean, maybe indifference. Maybe. But I, when if I. You're not feeling anger, then like you feel unaffected. Well, I think that, well, I guess my bias or belief about this is that if you're feeling indifferent, that could be a way to try and not feel anger. Sure. That could be a way to block. Again, I think anger as a, as a protest, as a signal that says, hey, wait a second, this line's been crossed. Mm-hmm. I think that that is a very, I believe, you know, from a spiritual perspective, I believe that it's a, it's a healthy God-given reaction, an emotion that says, I'm not okay with this. This line's been crossed. And so too, but I think understandably, because it's such a powerful emotion and it's so protective, like anything that's protective, it can quickly get out of hand. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And that's where the fear is that mm-hmm. a lot of people have. But socially, I mean, that's where reinforced socially to keep it, keep it at bay because anger can, can get out of control. Oh, absolutely. Yeah. And do damage. Right. And maybe this person has had some experiences with her own unregulated anger or watched it Mm -hmm. or it was done to her Mm -hmm. or things like that. So So. that seems like that the healthier option is just to tamp it down. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Which which comes from a a good place mm -hmm. because, you know, you want to regulate it. Right. But if you don't, if it can't, if it's not part of the process, if you're, if you don't, if you're body doesn't have a chance to inform you that what's going on is not okay, then you have a host of other problems. Yeah. And how will you ever know that you're safe? How will you ever know that you are protected? How will you ever know that, that there's been a restoration, that the lines have been put back in place, that things are in check? Oh, sure. Yeah. Relationally, Mm -hmm. for sure. Yeah. But but even just on an individual level, how will you be able to trust yourself that you'll that you'll have the boundaries that you need to keep yourself safe and healthy. For a lot of people, it goes internal and it affects their physical, the way they show up physically mm-hmm. and they, they get sick or have other ailments that, that like it, that energy goes somewhere. Right. And oftentimes we tell ourselves that we're not angry, but it comes out sideways, mm-hmm. maybe passive aggressively mm-hmm. or down the chain. We just kick the dog instead. It comes out. Right. It finds a way that because it is it's energy in right. our bodies, right? That's Absolutely. trying to get our attention, right? And I think it's I think it's such a corrective emotion mm-hmm. that to ignore it leaves things uncorrected, yeah. leaves things unorganized, it leaves things chaotic. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. Because if it's what it's trying to tell you is something has happened that's not okay, that's you know un- that's unfair, mm-hmm. then you're left with a choice about it. I mean, and maybe to do nothing. And that choice is a fine and viable choice as long as you're recognizing that you're making that choice. Right. But also there are other options. Mm -hmm. And sometimes the anger is maybe strong enough that it's indicating that a different choice needs to be made. Right. Exactly. It does. I think it does create options instead of Mm -hmm. just doing nothing or just freezing up, withdrawing, suppressing. It actually can, you know, allow for there to be an exploration of different solutions. So, yeah, I'm glad you brought that mm-hmm. up because I think a lot of people, when they experience anger, they just feel trapped. Yeah. They just feel like, well, I'm angry and there's nowhere to go and nothing to do with this. Right, right. Now that is miserable. Yeah. And very unpleasant. Absolutely. So if you feel like there's no nothing to do with it, nowhere to take it, then the only option is get it out of here. Right, yeah. I think it's healthy to explore our own experiences with anger. I mean, yeah. there's this question of, does it belong in the recovery process? 
to me, it's not a yes or no question as much as it is like, how do you want to relate to it in the recovery process? Because I feel like it's going to be a part of the process. It It is. <laughs> I just, if you have some semblance of like personal self-respect mm-hmm. and then when somebody has crossed a line, it is very normal and natural and appropriate for you to have a response right. of, of anger. Right. And even if, even if your reflex is just to act like, well, I never get angry, I'm cool, whatever. Uh-huh. That's a, I believe that's a learned behavior because I think that at a very young age, you know, as, as babies, infants, mm-hmm. toddlers, we have a natural sense of boundaries. We start to develop those mm-hmm. and we start to be able to say no or not okay. And so we start to have experiences with other people and their anger, our caregivers, our own. And so I, I just think that there's there's a lot of value in making sense of our own relationship to anger as part mm-hmm. of this discussion, because it's, again, I'll go back to what I said earlier. I don't think it's a matter of, should I allow anger to be a part of my process? I, I think it's about how you relate to it. Yeah. Cause it is a part. It is a part. Mm-hmm. It is a part, whether you are allowing it to be a part or not. Or trying to dodge it or uh-huh. avoid it or gloss over it or yeah. Looking back on early experiences with anger, family of origin, of course, is a, is a, a critical place to, to look yeah. and make sense. I think also relationships with people that are you're close to, friends, your community. How was anger handled? Uh-huh. How was it expressed? Yeah. Was it expressed? Was it dysregulated? Yeah. What's the social messaging mm-hmm. around it? Yeah. Mm-hmm. What were the consequences? What were the outcomes of it? I mean, I, I remember one of my first experiences with anger, with, you know, with my dad, and he was he's a very mellow, easygoing person. Yeah. But I had I had done something on the tractor and and messed up something and made his life harder. I'm sure. Okay. I don't remember. The, oh, I remember. I was hitting the the lead of the battery lead, which is lead. Oh. I was hitting it with a hammer and it mushroomed. Yeah. So he couldn't get he couldn't get the cable off. Yeah. And probably you know he's got six kids. He definitely didn't need this right <laughs> extra task to do. But he just raised his voice and got more intense. And, and I'd never, my dad just isn't like that. He just isn't somebody that gets really intense or loud. And he, he just said something like, oh, you know, you beat the hell out of it or something. He just kind of got really strong. And, and that was it. That was it. Like he didn't say anything more. And then we worked on it together and went on with our life. And it was, it was fine. Like he didn't pull away. He didn't hurt me. He just had this expression. But it was very clear to me that I needed to be more careful. Okay. And it left me intact. He didn't come after me directly. He just was expressing this very appropriate moment where he was like, man, I don't need this. This is uh, like you've, Uh you've, you know, you've damaged this. Like this is very Mm -hmm. frustrating. And I think that that for me, I look back on that and think, okay, like you can say something or be upset about something and you don't have to take somebody out with it. For sure. You can, you know. Yeah. It's possible. And then there's other examples from other, other people in my life where I could feel they were angry, but they wouldn't say anything. Mm-hmm. And I, I sensed that there was something there, a line of been crossed, but then like there was nothing that came out. Mm-hmm. And so I, you know, I'm just speaking from my own experience. Those are, those were just some early experiences with anger where I'm trying to figure out how does this fit into my life? And I think the invitation I think would be for you to look at that as well and say like, how do you want it to fit in? What was anger mysterious to you? Did you have a hard time even making sense of what it even supposed to look like? Did you see it expressed in healthy ways? Was it dysregulated and all over the place? And so you're just like, no way. Not going there. You were going to say something. Uh, yeah, I would maybe just add a little nuance to the question, but not and not how do you want it to fit in? Because I don't want it to fit in, and I think a lot of people feel that way. Totally. But, but how can it fit in in a healthy way? I love that. So yeah. 
that's just a little bit of a shift because we can't will anger into not being a part of no. our experience. We just can't. It's no. too important. It is a signal right. about something that matters deeply to us. Right. So does it mean that you're going to speak up about something? Does it mean that you're going to use it as a way to set some personal limits? Mm-hmm. Does it mean that you're not going to speak up about something and you're going to just disengage and, and take some space? Sure. I mean, there's lots of ways to handle it. Right. I think as long as you know that you're honoring that's that feeling that you're you're clear on what it's telling you to yes. do. Well, and my experience with that is as I'm sorting through options of what to do once I recognize what injustice I'm perceiving and seeing that something needs to be done about it, that when I land on the option that seems like the best fit, yeah. I don't feel trapped or stuck anymore. It feels like like an opening. Mm. And it doesn't guarantee outcomes. Right. But it's just, again, my body giving me feedback about what needs to happen so that I can be safe and maintain my own personal health and so forth. Yeah. I think anger is going to surprise a lot of us. Sure. I think it comes up unexpectedly or we might have a, an awareness. I mean, I think a lot of people expect that after you know, something planned, like in this case of an, a disclosure, you know, you're going to have some strong feelings of yeah. anger, sadness, loss, those kinds of things. But a lot of the times anger surprises us. It's like, oh man, I didn't know I cared about this as much until this thing happened. And then all of a sudden I have all this energy. Mm-hmm. I think one of the key things for me in working through anger and learning from it and understanding how to relate to it and having it teach me what it needs is to slow way down and take the time I need. Okay. I don't know that everybody thinks clearly on their feet. Mm-hmm. and has, or sometimes it can feel like there's an urgency, like I've got to take care of this now or people won't take me seriously. Or the urgency is here it comes. Yeah. I got to Do something with it or, right now. Yeah. Keep it down. Mm-hmm. Or, yeah. Right. It can go yeah either direction. I've got to do something with it. I've got to not do something with it. But have you found that to be the case for you just to give yourself permission to almost interact with it, to think about it? Yeah. Make sense sure. of it, organize it. Yeah, for sure. Mm -hmm. For sure. And I do think it's very helpful to learn how it shows up in your body. Because that, I mean, that's how the emotions get our attention in Mm -hmm. the first place. That's we have real somatic responses. Mm -hmm. But yeah, you have to slow down to start to notice those things. Right. So the somatic responses, my chest feels tight, Mm -hmm. right? My head's spinning, just, Mm -hmm. you know, just some sort of physical signal that says, Something important's going on here. Mm-hmm. And I, I would suggest that anger is is deeper than the chest. It's like in your gut. Gut. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I agree. And wherever it shows up on your body, and it might show up in different places for each of you, mm-hmm. knowing your own body, recognizing is a huge part of it because those early signals are critical feedback. Yeah. In fact, so sometimes, because I, I struggle with some of the same things, just being socialized to not show anger because that right. would just cause problems that seem to just compound. So right. sometimes I notice myself thinking, like ruminating about a problem and and then I'll feel my head just just shaking back and forth <laughs> like, no. I've no. seen that. And, yeah. Well, and sometimes I'm not aware that I'm just trying to yeah. like stuff things or unsure, but that's become a cue to me mm. when it's like that anger just is wanting <laughs> To find, to get a voice so that I can do what is needful. So when I, when I start 
then I'm like, okay, I need to listen to closer, a <laughs> little closer yeah. to some of the thoughts that are well, coming yeah. up to what's going on here. Right. And just in my experience, being married to you and having some of these conversations where I've seen the head shake, it's such a strong signal of like, nope, nope. Yeah. It's almost like a no, we're not, we're not going we're any further with this. That, like, yes. that I can't feel comfortable with mm -hmm. or good about. And I don't, maybe don't understand all the details of it right now, but my body understands enough to like, yeah, to giving me a little bit of a no. <laughs> Yeah. Anger, I think, is is one of those emotions that, well, I think it's probably one, one of the most misunderstood and feared. Yes. Yes. And I think it's one that when you really understand it and have a relationship with it, we can be gentle with ourselves with it. It can be something that we, as weird as this might sound, almost befriend or embrace Yeah, as a way to guide us and give us protection and clarity and direction. I don't know how you could do a recovery process as a betrayed partner without anger. Mm -hmm. And I think it's easy for it to get dysregulated and suppressed, either of those two extremes. So I think it is good, good work and important work to learn how to relate to it. And for the person who's broken the trust, it's not uncommon, and we can maybe save this for a different episode on a different day, but I do think that the person who's betrayed the trust oftentimes is not paying attention to other emotional signals, sometimes including anger as well. That come out sideways, which can oftentimes be part of their dysregulated behaviors. Oh, sure. So I think it's good for both to learn oh, how sure. to relate to it in a healthy way. I'll just say that much. Yeah. Anything else you want to say? I don't think so. I think this is a good place to stop. Yeah. Seems like there's there's a lot more to say about it. But yeah, we hope that bite size. Yeah, we hope that as you're as you're listening to this and really checking in with yourself about it, that you know, answering that same question, you know how. You know, it's that question of, is anger necessary for my recovery? And again, we would flip the question to say, like, how are you going to work with anger in your recovery? Yeah. What are yeah. you going to do with it? Mm -hmm. Because it will show up. It needs to be there as a guide to protect you. Mm -hmm. And it doesn't have to take over and it doesn't have to, you know, disappear. Right. In order for you to do this well. Yeah. Very good. Thank you so much. Yeah. Thanks for being here. Yep. We love connecting with you every single week. And once again, if you want some resources and help immediately, you can go to the show notes and download the free video course, The First Steps to Rebuilding Trust, where we talk about things like this and other important topics on the path to rebuilding trust in a relationship. Thanks so much, everyone. Okay. We'll see you next time. Okay.